Welcome to the Southside Community Church Podcast with Pastor Mark Hahn. We are located at 1815 South Peace Street in Elwood, Indiana. Visit us on Facebook. The link will be in the description below. Have a great day. got your Bibles you want to follow along in here. This is really the only scripture that I've had on my heart this week and I'll explain why later. I want you to go to Matthew chapter 4. We're going to start there with the 23rd verse. And Jesus went about all of Galilee teaching in the synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of diseases among the people and his fame went throughout all Syria and they brought unto him all sick people that were taken of divers diseases and torments and those which were possessed with devils and those that were lunatic and those that had the palsy, and he healed them. He healed them all, honestly. <clears throat> and there and and there followed him great multitudes of people from Galilee, from Decapolis, and from Jerusalem, and from Judea, and from beyond Jordan. <clears throat> and then in chapter five, it said, and seeing the multitudes. He went up into a mountain, and when he was set, that means he had sat down, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, now jump over to the 13th verse of this chapter. <clears throat> he told them a lot of things. We're going to look at this. Ye are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its savor, that's its flavor, its taste, wherewith shall it be salted? It is good henceforth, it is henceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world, a city that is set on a hill, cannot be hid. Neither do man light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Our dear Heavenly Father, we pray, God, for your help today. I feel weak, Lord. I just feel like, God, that I just got to totally depend upon you today for this message. We need your help, God. We need your strength. We need the Holy Spirit. We need the anointing. We need every faculty, God, that you have today to give us, Lord, to preach this message. And we pray, God, that it will be bread for our souls today. We are the church, Lord. Though we're just a little small church here in the community, we're still your people, God. And this message, Lord, surely is for us today. So help us, we pray. Guide us and direct us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You are the salt of the earth, and you're the light of the world, is what Jesus told his disciples. I got this paper in the mail. I support World Challenge Ministries. Not real faithfully, but pretty faithfully. And I get a lot of good articles in there. And I opened my mail this week and got this one. And uh, for some reason, I just felt like you, you need to look into this. But this is what, this is Gary, Wilkers, or Gary Wilkerson. 
He said, imagine you're on the hill near the Sea of Galilee 2,000 years ago. Jesus is looking at you. And he's also looking at his fellow disciples standing with you. He looks concerned and says, you are the salt of the earth. But if the salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltness be restored? It is no longer good for nothing. He said, let those words sink in. He goes on to say, ye are the light on a hill, but cautions about the danger of hiding that light under a basket and not letting it shine. It's a warning to you, to me, and to every Christian. Today in America, we are seeing the reasons for Jesus' warning, aren't we? I recently said to a head of a denomination in Jordan, how hard it must be for you and your two boys who have grown up in this Muslim centers with the persecution you personally received and your children have received, it must be so hard for you to stand up and be a Christian in a culture like this. He said his answers stopped me in my tracks and he told me, now listen to this, he said, it is easy to stand up in a culture like this where it is hard is in America. I would rather have my children know that it's a fight living for Christ. I would rather have my children grow up in an Islamic state like this than in America where they would be bombarded by secular agendas to pull us away from God and Jesus Christ. That's a pretty good answer, isn't it? As I said, I was stunned, but he's actually right. Moments like that cause me to ask, how do you and I stop from falling into that horrible trap. How do we avoid, as Jesus warned, being no longer good for anything? Number one, he said. First, I believe, <clears throat> I believe we have to confess our situation. The world, the flesh, and the devil have powerful books. Listen to this into the minds and hearts of the American Christians. None of us is immune, but we have to get back. Much of the way American churches frame the gospel can give this impression. Now listen to this. Come to Jesus and get your prayers answered Get blessed and have your dreams come true. Get your destiny. That's what, that's what God exists for. So we invite people into that view, but then we wonder why they don't become disciples. In our culture... It is hard not to become like the combination of the churches in the book of Revelations that so disappointed Jesus. I'll be done here in a few minutes. They were salt, they weren't salt and light anymore. The church of Sardis said, You have the reputation of being alive, this is Jesus, but you are dead. To the church in Laodicea, he said, I know your works, 
You are neither cold nor hot. You say I'm rich. I am. In, uh, I. I have prospered, and I need nothing. Not realizing that you are wretched, pitiful, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. And to the church at Pergam, he said, "I know where you dwell." where Satan's throne is. So, even so, this church has still some who possess, amen, a fighting spirit. You yet hold fast my name, and you, you held fast, I'm sorry, let me back, you had held fast my name, and you did not deny my faith. That's what you and I must do today, is to hold fast. This leads to the second imperative, which is to regain or continually renew our passion for the Word of God. Rather than be trite and, and gospel-like reading the, of Scripture, try finding a verse for the day to bolster your self-confidence and to make a successful life, we need to see God's word as a lamp in the dark and a lighthouse in the storm. We need to let it correct us, admonish us, encourage us, and guide us. Third, we need to marry our, our passions for the word of God with prayer. With the Spirit driving the Word-based prayer, causing the Word and prayer to come alive in us. Beyond formalities and self-reliance, we need to seek God spiritually and prayerfully in the power of the Spirit. It's hard to admit, but God might allow the increasing persecution we are facing in America to drive us from our normal approach. He might allow pressure to force us to leave our casual Christianity, listen, to weed out those who are just plain church. Amen. I know that was a long reading uh, there, but I wanted to get through that. As I read that, he had, he had some more comments that he made. But I thought how true it is. <clears throat> Let me read you my note here real quick. This is how I felt about it. Feel about it. <clears throat> the church exists for one purpose and for one mission. It's to be salt and light to a lost world and bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to lost souls into the power of salvation which Christ Jesus died for them. God's people are to live holy and righteous lives in this secular fallen world and follow after the true doctrine of God's holy word the Christian life is not about us and our fame, but it's God's, but God living and working in us. Amen. How true that is. This <clears throat> I think the church, when I'm talking about the churches across America, have. <clears throat> have lost that saltness and that light because <clears throat> I know this is all hard to explain and it's, it's hard to grasp at times but the church in the beginning of our nation had the influence in our society amen the churches had the influence over the government it had its influence over all, 
all the things that happened in our nation, the church had an impact on it. That showed which way it was going to go. We established our laws and the constitutions, the Constitution of the United States, right out of the Bible. And if the church loses the salt and the light, huh? Where's the nation and where is the world going to go? We got a pretty good idea of where it is right now, huh? In our nation today. Amen. <clears throat> when this nation, and I'm going to get off this subject. When this nation began, okay, there, I thought I told you this story. There was a French uh, man, uh, I forget what his title was, but he was one of them that uh, he looked at uh, things that were happening in the world and things that were happening in nations, and he came over to this nation. He had a real funny name, and he was sent here uh, uh, from England, I think it was. No, he's French. It was he. He was French, and they sent him over here to find out what made America so great, what made America so strong and so prosperous. This little tiny, well, not little and tiny nation, but it was little compared to the rest of the world, huh? But it was powerful. There was something happening. In the United States, huh? In those little colonies. And he come over here, huh? And he sat in the government. He sat in the meetings. When they held uh, uh, their meetings, the government did. And he said he went out into the streets and he talked to people in the streets and asked them about, uh, you know, America and all this stuff. And then he went to all the businesses that he could go to huh, to find out huh, what made America great and strong and powerful. And then he went to the churches. <laughs> huh? Then he went to the churches. Listen, my friend. Huh? And he said, I, he said, I sit in those pews. Huh? And he said, I listened to the preaching. Huh? And the preachers, huh? And they were on fire for God. Huh? They were preaching, huh? The gospel. They were preaching the conduct of man's life, how they should walk and how they should live. So he went back and he turned in his report to whoever sent him. And he said this. He said, America is great because America is good. In other words, let me interpret that. America is good because it has God. Right. Huh? And God has blessed it. Yes. Huh? He has prospered the nation because these people huh, has put God in every portion of their society. They honor him. And he's blessed them. Then he said, if America quits and ceased to being good, America will falter and fall apart. Where are we at today? We're falling apart across this nation. My point is that the Christian is to be salt and light huh, to the world that they're in and the people around them. <clears throat> Amen. In this chapter 4, in chapter 1, Jesus was born. In chapter 2, the wise men came <clears throat> to see Jesus. And Joseph, and, and Joseph took Mary and Jesus had fled from Herod. In the third chapter, John the Baptist came. And uh, uh, Jesus was baptized of John. 
in the fourth chapter, Jesus was tempted in the wilderness, and he started this, his ministry in chapter 4. And he called four of his disciples. That's what the book says. And anyway, then we get up to where we're at right now. But Jesus' main preaching was this. This is what he preached. <clears throat> his preaching was, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent huh, to God and turn from your ways. <laughs> the kingdom of heaven is here. Who's the king? Jesus the Messiah. Yes, and this message that he preached to, he went into synagogues. Huh? He preached to the Jew. He wasn't preaching to none of the Gentiles. Because huh? the scripture said first to the Jew and then the Gentiles. Huh? And he come to those Jews and he told them and preached to them that the kingdom of God, the prophecies that were written, that are in your scrolls, that you read to the people every Saturday on the Sabbath day, huh, has been fulfilled. And I'm the Christ. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And he got all that healing. <laughs> Listen, the word got out from all these cities and towns and, and, and all over the place. They heard that Jesus, this man called Jesus Christ, was healing diseases. He was casting out devils. He was opening the eyes of the blind and making the land to walk again. He was doing things that had never been done in the history of mankind. Huh? And they followed after him. They drugged their sick into palsy, huh? And carried their cot to Jesus to get him to get them healed. Huh? Why is that? God giving that power to prove that he was the divine son of God. Right. <laughs> No man can do this. It had to be God doing it. And those crowds, huh, followed him. And then he got there. And he said, it's time to get away. I've done the healing. Now it's time for me to get along with my disciples. And he said, seeing the multitudes, he went up into the mountain. And when he was set, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, <clears throat> You know, Jesus called those disciples for one reason. They were the future church. <laughs> they were the future church. Huh? He was going to teach them the kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. He was going to teach them and let them know what his thing was all about. Let me read some things to you here real quick. Go down here and find it. <clears throat> the opening verses of the Sermon on the Mount indicate that this message deals with the inner state of mind and heart that is indispensable and absolute of true Christian discipleship. It, de it uh, delegates and outlines the manifestation of character and conduct of true believers and genuine disciples. Thus the life of the believer described by Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount, that's the rest of these chapters, 5, 6, and 7, and the Sermon on the Mount is a life of grace and glory which comes from God alone. To make 
uh, th this quality of life, the product of man's human effort, it does the liberal is a height of overestimating man's ability and understanding of his own depravity. To regulate this entire message, Jesus' longest recorded sermon to a Jewish-only lifestyle has done some dispensationalist and has robbed the church of her greatest statement of the true Christian living. The Sermon on the Mount, <clears throat> Jesus states the spiritual character and the quality of the kingdom he would establish. And the basis uh, qualities of this kingdom are fulfilled in the church. He would <clears throat> establish he would establish the church he would establish. Virtually every section of this message is repeated in substance elsewhere in the New Testament. Nothing here indicates that this message is to be limited to the application to the people of Israel only. Notice in the opening of the verse that his disciples that had come to Jesus and he taught them the following message. And I'll tell you what, I thought about that when I read this so many times. I just thought the multitudes was there too, but they wasn't. He went out separately, away from the crowd and away from the multitudes, and his disciples came into him. You remember how Jesus got away from, from, the, uh, from the crowd? He would get away from them, get alone by himself so he could pray, so he could talk to God, and, and, and uh, he needed that, and this is what he did. But he looked, and the disciples came up to him, and he taught them. He said a lot of things here, good things, in the first few uh, verses 3. The pure in heart, uh, the meek of the earth, uh, the, those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. But then he got down to this part, he said, ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor, its flavor, its taste, wherewith shall it be salted? It is henceforth good for nothing but to be trodden and cut under the foot of man. <clears throat> Let me read some of these things here for you real quick. <clears throat> like I said, I, I'm going to read more than, than I usually do. <clears throat> the, Be the Beatitudes are followed by a summary statement of the basic character of Christian's life as light and salt. Ye are the salt of the earth. Again, the phrase, ye are, indicates that only the genuine born-again person is salt, and, is salt and can help meet the needs of the world. Salt, it adds flavoring, acts as a preservative, it melts coldness and heals wounds. Thus, it is very appropriate description of the believer in his relationship to the world within which he lives in. And that is so true. Amen. <clears throat> Let me read you this here real quick. <clears throat> the purpose for the salt is, like I said, is for flavoring, preservative, melts coldness, and wounds. <clears throat> there was a man that told a story that he was in Jordan, or not in Jordan, but in Judea, in the Valley of Salt. And there was some salt there that had been exposed to the rain, the sun, and the air. And that it had its sparkles, and it had its particles of salt, but yet it has lost its flavor. But the inner part of that was, the inner part that was connected to the rock of that block of salt, it retained its flavor. Amen. So you get that. I thought that when I read that, 
He said it was salt. It looked like salt. <laughs> it glittered like salt. Huh? But it had no flavor to it. There was no salt taste to it. So it was good for nothing. But the inner part of the salt had the glitter, huh? had the sparkle, looked like salt, huh? but it had its flavor. Who is the rock <laughs> this morning? It's Jesus Christ. Huh? And I want to tell you something, my friend. The church huh, has lost its saltness because it has disconnected itself from God and tried to do it on its own. Listen to me, church, this morning. A lot of this stuff that's in churches today is man-made. They set up so many programs and things, and I understand some of it's good, but they're not connected to the rock of Jesus Christ. Amen. Jesus said, for without me, you can do nothing at all. Huh? I want to tell you something. I thought, thank God for this little church. I'd rather preach here, listen, huh, with ten people than preach somewhere where God wasn't with ten thousand. Huh? Because I want the Spirit of God in this service. I want to feel His presence. Amen. I don't want a formality. Huh? Jesus said in the last time there will be a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. Let's stay connected to the rock and not lose our flavor and our saltiness to preserve this nation that is in total darkness today. Amen. I feel sorry for the children. And the kids growing up. This thing don't turn around pretty soon. It's going to really be bad for them. And I'll tell you another thing. It's not the government. It's not the president. Huh? It's not the people in the world. But the church is the only thing that's going to turn this nation around. Amen. Right. See, if the church, I know... Here, you know, there's not much of a voice. It's just my voice preaching to you. But some of these churches have an impact on the nation. I mean, they're well known. Huh? They're well known. Huh? They can impact the nation if they would preach the gospel and quit worrying about themselves huh? and their money. And the material things in life, and just get out there and say, like Jesus said, repent or your whole life wise perish. They don't want that. They'll lose their money. They'll be cut off. Huh? But they've got a voice, but they're not using it. Amen. You know, and I'm sure you heard about it. <clears throat> Election Tuesday was a pretty good sweep, huh, for America. Hopefully, in <clears throat> hopefully in two more years, it'll be that way again, and then in the presidential election. What happened? You know what happened, and you probably know what happened. They started teaching this critical race theory in the schools. This is what won these elections, especially the one in Virginia. And the one in New Jersey, they were shocked. He, that Republican there lost it by one point. Nobody even knew who he was. <laughs> My point back to where I was. Critical race theory. All right. That teaching is that the white man is corrupt. Okay? He's corrupt 
in his nature. He don't know how to treat people. In other words, he's a monster. Huh? And all the world's problems is because of the white man. Okay? That's what they're teaching. Huh? They're teaching it out in California, not in the schools here and in other schools. And the parents not paying any attention to what their, their, their kids are learning comes COVID. And the kids are out of school and staying at home. And the parents start looking at the curriculum. What they're being taught. Huh? And they said, that's it. We've had enough. We're not going to take it. Huh? They called them mama bears and papa bears that stood up for their children. Huh? And they said, we're not going to teach our children this. Huh? You're not going to teach this critical race theory huh, to my children and telling up my children, huh? That we're the bad people when we haven't even done anything wrong. And they stood up by the groves. Went to the school board meetings, huh? Went to the school board meetings and, and uh, told them uh, and stood up for it. Said, we ain't going to have that, huh? And you see, they never had no power over the teachers' unions. They had no power over that school board. But they had power when they went to vote. Yes, right. Huh? And they voted huh, that out. Voted that uh, guy that was in there. I couldn't think of his name. And got in a Republican. Well, that, that's what his, uh, McCullough, that's his name. He said this. He said, the parents have no business knowing what's being taught in the schools. That was his statement. And that burning. <laughs> They took that and run with it all over the news. And he knew he messed up. And I want to tell you something. That's what turned it. Not only that, huh? when he said that, the, the liberals and the Democrats and, and, and the liberal Republicans and all them, huh? they, when that happened and they knew it, huh? they didn't want their children being taught that. Huh? And they voted the other way. Of course, that guy, I don't even know his name, but that candidate brought it out. That's who it was. <clears throat> so anyway, what I'm saying, I want to get back to this point. Huh? These people huh, that started this critical race theory huh, hate this nation. Yes, They're communist. Huh? They're socialist. Listen to me. And I'll tell you what communists and socialism hate. They hate religion and they hate the God of heaven. Yes, sir. They hate the church. Because I want to tell you something. Who established this nation, every one of them was white men. Right. Huh? They were white men that established this nation through God right. and his blessings. Amen. Huh? That's who they hate. Yes. They hate the church. Huh? I could go on and go on. I quit listening to the news. I watch it every once in a while just to try to be informed. I think we need to be informed. <clears throat> they also brought up in Virginia About that young girl was raped in the restroom. You heard about that? Some guy dressed up in a skirt like a girl. You see, to them, there's no male and female. <laughs> this is where this is their thoughts. I don't, I don't know how I got off on this subject. I want to get back to this old line. But bear with me just for a minute. Huh? They. Huh? So. We're just going to have a restroom and a shower room and a locker room where there's no boys or no girls. Everything's the same sex. There's, or there's no sex. 
Huh? This is where their thinking is. He goes in there, rapes this young girl. And the school board knew it. They knew all about it. The teachers and everyone in the school knew it. And denied it and kept it here. Why is that? Because of these queers and these homosexuals. Huh? And that lifestyle is all right. And the transgenders and all this stuff is all right. Huh? And they try to hide this stuff and keep it away. What did they do? They took him and put him in another school. What did he do there? The same thing. Raped another girl. Huh? Ruined her life. Shot, she's messed up both of them, huh? Because they had to live through that whore. When the church loses its salt and light, the world's going down. Right. It ain't got no other choice. Amen. Some of the stuff that's going on just that's why I don't watch the news like I used to. It just burns me up, man. But I want to tell you something. We are to be salt in the light of this world. This world is lost, my friend, and it's terribly lost. Huh? I'm going to read this scripture here real quick. It's coming to my mind. All things were made by him, and without him not was anything made that was made. In him, him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended not. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. The same came for a witness to bear witness of that light, that all man through him might believe. He was not the light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That that was the true light which lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Who is the true light? That's Jesus Christ. Right. Huh? He came in this world, huh, as we read this morning, huh, and shined his light of the purity and the purpose of every human being is to be in right relationship with God. Huh? And he came and he shined his light. Now listen to this part. Praise God. It said that the light shined in darkness. That means not this physical darkness, but spiritual darkness. Yes, spiritual sin. Huh? And the light shined in the sinfulness. And the sinfulness comprehended not. Right. It couldn't shut it all. It couldn't clear out the light or damn it or cause it not to shine. But it shined through the darkness. Yes, <laughs> I want to tell you something. The church needs to shine through the darkness of the age in which we're living. Right. Huh? For such a time as this. Right. Amen. We need to stand up, my friend, and become a mighty army for God. Right. Huh? Those dead bones, my friend, was raised to life. Then he stood up, my friend, and become an army of war. Yes, huh? Ready to battle the devil in every avenue he, they went. Huh? Praise God. I want to tell you something. I don't care who they are. And where they're at. When you get a person alone. And you get to talking to them. And they're broke down. Huh? And they're sad. Whatever the situation has happened to them in their lives. They're broken. And they're down. And when you tell them the gospel. You tell them who Jesus is, my friend. That light, <laughs> that lighteth every man that cometh into the world. Huh? They'll see that light. They'll say, pray for me. Huh? Pray for me. Huh? I need it. 
Huh? See, God created all of us. Amen. Right. We're all the same. Huh? We're not stopped black, white, red, <clears throat> yellow, green, I don't know, whatever color. We're all one in his eyes. We're all the same. Amen. Let your light shine before man that he might see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. I know I messed out so much <clears throat> here in this. In this. <clears throat> I tell you, church, there's light in this church. <laughs> there's light in this church. There's salt in this church. <laughs> it's in you people. I see it. I know it. I feel it. Your spirit bears witness with my spirit that we're the children of God. Right. Amen. And I want to tell you something. That means something today. We can have a form of godliness. We can go through the formalities like a lot of churches are doing across the land. But we'll have no power. We'll have no relationship with Christ until we surrender it all to Him. Amen. And give it to Him. Amen. I want to walk with God. I tell you what, I don't know. Sometimes I get so discouraged. I get discouraged about things. And what am I? Huh? Where is my witness? Huh? Lord, I feel like I'm not doing anything for you, huh? The people that I work with, people I run around, they know who I am, what I am, what I do, huh? But am I trying to win them to Christ? Am I praying for them? How about the family and loved ones, huh? Am I a light to them, huh? Do I pray for them? Do I hold them up in prayer? How about your family and loved ones? Do I hold them up in prayer that are lost, huh? I do. But I'll confess, not very often. And I know I need to do that. Somebody's going to have to intercede huh, on their behalf. I don't know how much an influence I am on your life, but I know I can do better and be better. And I want to do better. I want God to fill me and use me. I tell you, the enemy's after the preacher. I guarantee you he's after the preacher. He's after you too. And he'd like to stomp me in the ground and throw me away just as fast as he could. Huh. But I can't listen to him. Huh. I gotta listen to the voice of God and follow him. Amen. Bringing every thought into captivity into the obedience of Christ. Let's be salt. Let's be light. You know what? The human body. I like salt. <laughs> I know a lot of salt's not good for you, but I like it. I can't help it. Not good for your blood pressure. It is not good. But <clears throat> we never had any salt. We never live. Right. The body has to have salt to survive. That's all there is to it. Salt has sodium in it. Sodium is a very vital ingredient to the body. It produces a lot of things. I'm no doctor, but I read a little bit about it this morning. <laughs> huh? Listen, we are the salt. The church is the salt of the earth. Huh? Listen, it, they, we are the purity of God's people. We're God's people, so we're the purity of him. We are Jesus Christ. His followers. We're the example that is set for us. We are to have the salt, my friend, huh, that in the system of this sinful world to eat out and get rid of all the filth and sin that's taking place. Huh? Be salt. Don't lose it. Huh? Don't lose your flavor, lose your taste, because you'll be good for nothing. The church don't turn around and revive. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to be good for nothing. Huh? You know what? Over there in Jordan, 
or Judea, I keep saying Jordan. Judea, there's a salt, a lake they call the salt lake, lake of salt, that's what they call it. And that salt in that lake's good for nothing. <laughs> it's good for absolutely nothing but to be used for to put on the temple concrete, the temple steps back in Bible times, huh? So when it rained, huh, that people could walk on the salt like we do with snow, huh? Walk on that salt to keep them from slipping and falling. That's what Jesus was talking about. I've got a pretty good idea that's what he was talking about. When you lost your flavor and your impact on society of your Christian witness, you're good for nothing but to be trotted under the feet of men. Huh? That's all that Saul was good for. Let your light shine for Jesus. This little light of mine. <laughs> Woo! I'm going to let it shine for Jesus. Remember that song? <laughs> In Sunday school, I remember singing that as a kid. Somebody wanted, well, I don't know how the song goes, but somebody wanted to blow the light out. Remember that part? What somebody wanted to blow it out. But I'm gonna let it shine. I'm gonna tell you who wants to blow it out. The devil. He wants to blow our light out, huh? So it won't shine for Christ. Amen. Boy, if there's ever a time that the light of Christ is shine, it's today. Amen. Praise God.